Hello and welcome to another edition of The Tigers Down Under. I'm your host, as always, Alex, and with me I have Dan. Hey, how are you? Yeah, very good, very good. We've uh, got a couple of games to catch up on because we were away last week, or I was away last week. Um, and, and happily, two of those results are very positive. So we're going to cover both the Bolton and the West Brom games where we won by a 1-0 scoreline, scored you know early goals in both games, scored by Fraser Campbell, um, clean sheets, back-to-back. So very similar sorts of games and very positive. We sort of said... Um, in our last episode, that if we could get four points from these three games, that'd be a positive, and, and we managed to get six. So, um, as as frustrating as it is to still be 23rd in the table, um, I guess you have to look at it as well. If we hadn't had those six points, we'd be a whole lot worse off. Um, so, if we start with the Bolton game, which I, I didn't admittedly catch a whole lot of, uh, what were your thoughts on that one? And uh, obviously great to see Campbell score quite early in that one and then also great to see us hold on and keep out Bolton to get a clean sheet. Yeah, um, I saw some of this game. I didn't see all of it. It got just a little bit too late for me. Um, but uh, no, it was really good. It was a really good start. Um, and Campbell, I mean, I think he's just about, with those last two games, he's pretty much cemented himself as number one. And for the forwards, he's he looks it just looks a lot more dangerous than than Martin does, um, and he's and he's getting in he's in the right positions like a lot of the time. And if he if him and even just a couple of the others, um, Grisicki as well, and Bowen, and even Irvine, if they can just get if they can just tighten up that a little bit at the front, like we'll actually start winning. I think winning more games and winning by more than one. I yeah. was going, I was having a look through and 12 of our 16 games so far this le- in the league have been either draws or one or lost by, by a goal. So that's how tight it really has been. And when you look at it, like thinking like when you look at it like that, it sort of puts that this whole season into a bit of a different sort of pers- different light. It doesn't actually, I mean, yes, we've still lost a lot of those games, but it doesn't actually look as bad when you go, okay, so 12 of the games. So we've had, had a few draws and then games against like one nil against lead one nil against Sheffield. Um, you know, they were, yeah, yeah. Like a lot of those games that they're very fine margins. And I think maybe we're just starting to see, that it's that there's we've starting to turn that corner a little bit and we're starting to get on the right side of those fine margins. Yeah, I did see a tweet which was quite funny saying that well, does the side know that they can score more than a goal in the game? Because I actually can't remember the last game we would have scored two goals in. I have a feeling it might have been would it have been as far back as our win over um was it Ipswich that we beat? Or Yes, I, yeah. yes it was. was, it, was that it, was that was that was the last time we scored more than one goal in a game. Yeah, and it's great. And I, I, that, presumably that's the only game this season, I think. Uh, no, no, there was also Rotherham 3-2. Oh, okay. Yep. Um, uh, so but apart from that, yeah. yeah, they're the only two that we've scored um, more than a goal in. So, um, Which is quite remarkable when you think how free-flowing and high-scoring we were last season. Granted, we had um, um, Wilson, who was doing quite well, uh, yeah, Wilson. Um, but also Bowen in top form as well. Bowen's been quite good this season, but he's sort of been a little bit patchy in front of goal. Campbell, as you say, he's really coming, kind of coming into his own now as the striker. It's just sort of a concern about whether he has the legs to start game in, game out. Yeah. Um, which is a bit of a worry, but clearly he was able to back up 
from the Bolton game into the West Brom game as well, where he was also on the score sheet. So, um, you know, if Bowen scores a couple of games in a row and then Campbell scores a couple of games in a row and then somebody else, you know, Grzycki gets on the score sheet, it, as long as we've got somebody, as you say, finding the back of the net, tightening up a little bit up forward... Um, Grzycki was really wasteful against Bolton, I think it was, where he had a few very clear-cut chances, couldn't put them away. Um, and I think it's what we were saying last episode. It's just, you know, you need to get get off the mark, score a goal, and then maybe, hopefully, a few more goals can come. Yeah, I think my notes that I wrote on Grzycki, um, I think he's just he's just playing it. I think he's playing a bit too safe. I think maybe at times previously he was playing like he was trying to take it too far in, but now he's just like, he gets, as soon as he gets near the box, um, he's just, ha- he's having a shot and he's trying to, he's always trying to like curl in the top corner. And a lot of the time he's actually like, he's beyond the last man and he should just at that point, just be taking, taking it there, another touch, another just get it in closer, draw the keeper out and then he'll slot one. And then I think he's going to be, I think he'll be another one. He just needs that. He just needs that confidence. He needs that goal. And I think we might really start to see that all that stuff, the play that he had when he first came and he was full, full of vigor, um, which has been a bit missing um, of late, but I think he's, he's starting to get there. I think he'll come good. I think he'll, he'll get us, he'll get a few goals throughout the season. Not as many as I expect that he's capable of, but, um, and I mean, look, you, and you say this about a lot of players, that at least he's getting in the position to ma- have those misses. Um, it'd be more concerning if he wasn't even looking like he could score a goal. I mean, we saw for a whole you know, month or so leading up to Bowen finally getting his first, that Bowen was getting in the positions. He was, you know, hitting the post. He was, you know, glancing at just wide, all that sort of thing. And you get very frustrated, but you think, well, at least he's getting in the positions. And then sure enough, he started to find the back of the net started to get off the mark and, and get a bit of confidence. Um, very much the same with Grzycki. If he can perhaps, you know, if he, even if he just gets, you know, a very kind of fluky sort of goal, gives him a bit of confidence and then, um, yeah, off he'll go. Um, I guess in talking about uh, Campbell nailing down striker option, it's very disappointing to see that Martin has kind of struggled as much as he has. I think he came in with a lot of expectation around his um, goal-scoring record. And we had a similar sort of conversation about him last episode where we said if he can just get one goal, uh, he suddenly might feel a bit of confidence. And um, he just can't seem to find that goal, can't find that sort of key to unlock his form. And maybe it is a case of if we can start start winning a couple of games and the team can get a bit of confidence. And if if he comes on, you know, 60, 70 minutes into the game for Campbell and we're up 1 or 2 nil there's less pressure on him to score a goal. And in those situations, sometimes it's easier to score a goal. Yeah, I think Martin's a bit unlucky in that he came in um, and obviously he's more of a um, front man, hold it up sort of center forward. He doesn't have the legs Mm. to get in behind, which is a lot of how we like to play at the minute. Um, We're, our wingers are going forward and there's a lot of balls that are coming from the midfield and, and dropping in behind the defensive line of the opponents. And that's not really a game pl- a style of play that suits, suits Martin, which is a bit unfortunate, but I think you're right. He's, he's got, does, he's got a lot of pressure on his shoulders. He came and all that was talked about um, was, you know, in the, he scored in whatever four seasons in the championship, he scored, you know, double figures in three of them or something, whatever yeah. it is, you know, like he's, um, 
you know, was consistently finding the net, um, I think, before he went to Derby. So, um, yeah, I think there's a little bit of that. And then I think, yeah, he's a bit unlucky with that, the way that, because since he's come, we've tried a few different formations, but the one we're at at the moment seems to be the way to go. And we were, I think we played it a little bit earlier in the year as well, and we had a little bit of success with it then. So I think the with the four four one one or if you want to or four two three one however you want to call it um that seems to be the way that suits us the most um and it's just sort of it doesn't really gel that well with martin but i think you're you are right to say that if he comes on late in the game and we're up one or two then he can push it it's not going to matter so much if he's pushing on that you know on the line and we and we just take it at trying to get the wingers take it a bit deeper into the corner before they and, and play the crossing game. Um, he's he'll he will pick up he'll pick up a goal um, eventually. Yeah, well, fingers crossed uh, he does. I mean, in in saying that though, we have had a number of strikers over the years that you kind of look at and you say, oh well, they're a great hold-up player, and you know the goal will come eventually. You look at Danny Graham and Sagbo and uh, you, um, uh, what's his name? I forgot. Embakani, uh, for instance. Um, all uh. those guys who. Barely got a single goal for us, really. Um, as as good as they sort of looked at as physical hold-up players, but at least Martin's got a bit more pedigree in this league, so hopefully he can kick on and uh, and get off the mark. Um, I sort of touched on earlier. We we won the two games in a row, but we're still stuck in 23rd. Um, the other way of looking at it, of course, though, is that we are essentially equal 21st with Preston on points. Um, goal difference keeping us down in 23rd, um, but we're also only three points off 18th. So all of a sudden, uh, as much as a couple of weeks ago, we were saying that the table was starting to really um, elongate and stretch and we were sort of stuck down in the relegation zone, those two wins have really kind of bunched it back up. And, and all of a sudden, if we could make it three in a row, and we'll talk about the Birmingham game in a second, but if we could make it three in a row, all of a sudden we could jump up the table a little bit. Yeah, it is... Um... We got the two in a row, and we've jumped, jumped a, like we haven't climbed the table as you say, but we're in a, we're improving our position overall. Our goal difference is slowly creeping back towards the positives and those things. And it, and you look as you say, look at the table. Like so, if you look, say six points again from where we are, you said the three, but the six points is that's Brentford on thir- in thirteenth on twenty one. So and there's three, there's three teams there on twenty one points. So obviously, like it's not so quick to jump to there, but beyond that, it starts to get a bit stretched, but there is, there's a, there's a, there is a lot of teams that are that really are still within touching distance at the moment. So um, it's not all, it's not all doom and gloom um, as I think at times we have been wont to suggest, but (laughs) yeah. And I think, and we'll touch on it in a second, but there is all the whispers around the, uh, potential takeover and I think it is very important to know that if we could be sort of uh, I wouldn't say mid-table safe but you know at least out of the relegation zone at least starting to look up the table not down the table um, all of a sudden if, if there is that takeover and that sort of influx of a bit of money um, with our financial position um, my understanding at least is that if new owners do come into the club that they would be able to spend quite a lot of money um, quite quickly if, if they were so inclined and I, I, I get the sense that if we're sort of progressing up the table looking quite encouraging you would think there'd be more motivation perhaps to spend a bit of money because as you say 
six points would take us up to level with Brentford theoretically, and Brentford is sort of talked about as being in contention for the playoffs. So, without getting too ahead of ourselves, um, you'd rather a you know you'd rather potential new owners coming in, looking up the table, getting a bit of optimism, and um, and starting to look at the playoffs rather than coming in and just being worried about keeping us up. You know, perhaps moving the manager on bringing in a few panic buyers and that sort of thing to sort of just consolidate our league position. Yeah, I think um, we, we've had enough experience of um, panic buys um, in the transfer windows, so particularly at the end. But um, I think, uh, yeah, if we... the If the transfer, if this takeover can go through, um, I think without too much like in-depth thought about it, it can only really be a good thing. Um, we don't really know how it's going to unfold, but that's my take on the situation, is that it's only going to benefit the club um, to ha- have new owners come in um, with a fresh take on um, on the club. And you're absolutely right. If we can get start moving or continue moving in a positive direction, because I think we've already started, if we can continue moving in a positive direction, um, then... The new the owners that come in, of course, are going to be more inclined to try and um, like expedite that process, um, which will come in the way of you know um, allocating us more funds to acquire players in January and beyond, hopefully. So, um, yeah, I think we've got. Um, I, the talk is before Christmas, um, so yeah, yeah. and I think you said possibly even a little bit earlier, before December, possibly. Yeah, well, the rumours... Or around the beginning of December, I think you said. Yeah, the rumours seem to be saying around the uh, Nottingham Forest game, whether it's slightly before or slightly after that game, um, se- seems to be the uh, the talk of a few different sources, and that would be quite, quite, quite exciting. Obviously, it's just after this international break coming up, after the Birmingham game, um, and it would, it would certainly mean that the... Um, whoever it is taking over the club would have a decent chance to have a look at the current squad, the current manager, the current setup um, a month or so before the window opens and gives us a really good chance to, uh, to sort of highlight areas of deficiency. Yeah. Um, I I, there's not really much more else I can say. You sort of covered it pretty well. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we, we, we can talk now then about the, uh, the game coming up against Birmingham, um, which funnily enough, I mean, a couple of months ago, you would have looked at this game and seen it in the sort of same category as the Boltons and um, the, you know, the, uh, the Ipswiches and so on, Prestons of the league in terms of teams that aren't performing too well, QPRs, another one that a few months ago was really struggling, but Birmingham all of a sudden are in 10th and they've had a really good run of, um, re- really good run of form, um, sort of powered by their striker, uh, Jude Kiewicz, if I can pronounce that correctly, I've probably butchered that. Um, the former Burnley striker who's got nine goals already for the season for them. Um, really, unexpectedly, it's going to be quite a challenging game for us, but you have to look at our form as well and say, well, we're on coming off two wins, um, and why can't we make it three wins in a row? We're sort of you know, flying high with a bit of confidence, and uh, now's a really good time to play them. Yeah, um, I think... Yeah, so Birmingham is, they've won four out of the last five, but four, the four teams that they beat were lower half teams. They played Derby and they got beaten 3-0 by Derby, um, which puts it into perspective a little bit. Um, there may be, I mean, four, four wins out of five is obviously, that's a good that's a good record no matter who you're playing, but it's showing 
they're probably not quite as strong as maybe that makes them appear. So I think I think it's a good chance for us to continue. I'd be disappointed if we didn't take anything. Um, I'd be happy. I'd be happy with one. I'd be ecstatic with the three. Um, but I think the three is is very possible. I just um, we're still in that fine margins, and I think possibly having with having them having the, um, their striker in such fine form that that might um, level it out a bit. I think I think we will be able to get get a goal. Um, I think we're creating so many chances at the moment that it's sort of one of those we're sort of in a in a period where it, there's bound one's bound to go in because we're creating so many, which I mean is what you want really. So I see that, and I think even though our defense has been really good, um, I'm just thinking that a real quality quality striker or a striker who's in a rich vein of form, because we have been um, had some quality strikers against us in, in recent weeks, but I think yeah, someone in that rich vein of form who's just sort of anything they touch turns to gold, that that's just going to count against us a little bit. So I'm probably expecting a draw, but um, hopeful of a win. Yeah, I think I'm probably with you in thinking it'll be like a 1-1 sort of draw. Um, I can't see it being too ridiculously high scoring. I think um, for all the good form we're in, we're also trying to look quite solid at the back as well and, and trying to kind of stimmy any chances that the opposition gets. So I could see a 1-1 draw because, as you say, with the, with a striker in such good form, it's going to be sort of um, almost inevitable that they'll find the back of the net against us. Um, but, yeah, I think if we could take a point from this game, it would be quite positive. If we could suddenly turn it into a, you know, three games without a defeat, seven points, one from three games, um, you know, all of a sudden you're looking, certainly you're looking up the table and starting to make some pr- progress up the table. Um and that's, and that's sort of what we need to hope for at this stage. It's better than, um, you know, the last month or so where we've just sort of been dropping further and further down the table. So um, if we can, an unchanged lineup would be great so that we can um, get some sort of consistency in the side, which we saw um, against West Brom, where I think it was, you know, a virtually unchanged side. Um, now that Device and um, and Elphick and, um, and Burke are all fit, I believe. Um, so that would be quite a positive to see. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, that's all we can really hope for. I, I think, you know, beyond beyond hoping for a, a sort of result against Birmingham, if we can start to see, it, we've already touched on, if we could see a Krajiki goal or a Martin goal just to give them a bit of confidence heading into the break, that would be fantastic. I know Krajiki is one of our few players who will be heading away for um, duty with Poland, I believe. So if he could uh, leave on a bit of confidence and come back fit and firing from, from international duty, that would be fantastic as well. Yeah, um, the only you mentioned our defence just a minute ago, um, and the only thing that concerns me is I read a, something in the last week or so that suggests that um, Villa may end yes. Elphick's um, loan early in January and um, bring him back since now that they have um, replaced Bruce. So that concerns me a little bit. I mean, it's it's been good for us, but it does. I sort of you then you go to then you got to try and find someone of that who's going to have that same impact again but in January which is going to be um much harder than it was uh yeah, well, it's interesting. last time so. yeah i mean we saw I, I saw a report as well that villa's been linked to i think one of brentford's center backs um so i'm not sure if that's sort of 
their their sort of primary target, and then if that fails, they might recall Elphick. Um, the other option, of course, is that if if we do have new owners who might want to splash some cash, whether we sort of try and tempt Villa with um, buying him on a permanent, which would be uh, which would be great if we could get him. Um, yeah, I, I, I have seen those reports, and it's quite concerning because Elphick's certainly been one of our best players, and um, you kind of got that sense that he would be when he came in from Villa because. Our defence is so young, for the most part, apart from Lehigh, really, that, you know, injecting that sort of experience and, like, sensible head into the defence is always going to be a positive. Um, Losing guys like Davies and Dawson over the last few years has really left us quite exposed down back, and uh, and he's been absolutely fantastic stepping in there. And really, I mean, he's essentially our captain. I mean, I I feel like he's essentially our captain. Henriksen might have the armband on, but Elphick's the one who seems to really sort of marshal the uh, the team, so to speak. Um, so losing him in January would certainly be a huge blow. I would hope, if that's sort of looking a real possibility, that the club would be kind of preparing for all contingencies. Um, but you never know um, with with the club and how they sort of go about things. But um, yeah, I think that's sort of a big. Con- it's probably the biggest concern heading into January. Yeah, although I think hopefully, like if new owners come in, um, that it, like once if we get this takeover and they've got a month, like they come in at say the beginning of December, hopefully they actually go and like make contact with these. Like I feel like there's nothing wrong with if they contact us and like Villa and just said, you know, we, we've just come in, you know, have you got any indication on you know what your plans are? I mean, they might not tell us tell you anything, but they might say you know at this stage he's you know there's a good chance we're going to take him back, and then at least you know you got to go and yeah. do something. Yeah, yeah. So so um, just rounding out the Birmingham uh, City game, then so you're you're tipping a draw in this one? Yeah, I'm tipping a draw. Yeah, I think I will as well. Um, and then just before we go, um, as as many listeners may be aware, during the week, uh, so. Last weekend, or sorry, the weekend before, I, I got married and uh, a video sort of floated around social media. I, I, I originally tweeted it out because I just thought it was a bit of fun uh, and it sort of went viral from there and, and got picked up by the Hull Daily Mail as well of, of a video from my uh, from my wedding night, de- uh, you know, whipping out the Hull City shirt late at night uh, to the tune of uh, Jackson Irvine's chant, uh, which is a good bit of fun. Uh, and it was great to sort of get a, get a bit of... Um, Get a bit of uh, me- well uh, media focus on on the Australia groups, I, I guess I'd say, because uh, it was good to see that the podcast getting uh, promoted a little bit in the article, and, and it was also good to see uh, Irvine himself responding to the to the video. So that was it was all a good bit of fun. Yeah, it um it was, and it was good to see. I thought it was it was really nice. Um, all good to that Irvine. Um, I think he um post uh, retweeted and said this is next level. So. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so that was that was good, and it's good to see. Um, I mean, it's nice to see that they actually like those things actually do get to them, and that they get like they're happy to put their you know po- retweet that and, and ha- put that opinion you know. Yeah, nice yeah, it was friendly. nice. I, mean, I was sort of hoping he'd he'd said maybe give it a like or something. It was nice to see the retweet, and uh, I do want to reassure people that I, I didn't have the shirt under my uh, my wedding suit the whole day. I. I did only put it on for the dance towards the end of the night, so my my uh, very tolerant wife uh, was not subjected to to a Hull City shirt for too much of the um of the evening, and I I was very good to uh, get get changed and all smartened up again for our photos at the end of the night as well. So 
there was no uh, there was no tension there from her point of view, and I think as she said in the um, in the article when she spoke to the journal, that she's uh, she's kind of accepted that this is uh, this is part of her life now, and she's she's of course she's hosted an episode in the past, um, a couple of probably about a month ago now, so she's uh, very much an active part of the uh, the whole city Australia community. Yeah, I think uh, we can all agree that you've got a keeper there, Alex. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, on that note then, I will say uh, thank you for coming on, Dan. No worries. And thank you, everyone, for listening in. Until this time next week, come on, City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast. For more discussion, join us on Facebook in the Hull City AFC Australian Supporters Group or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber and Black. There's no turning back cause you're out